Hey guys, welcome back to another Tribe of Unicorns episode. I'm your host, Kendra, and today I'm bringing on Laura Kelly. Laura is the founder of Tula Books, and as a creative entrepreneur, at least in my case, I can tell you that dealing with my books is not something that I that brings joy to my soul. <laughs> so I bring a lot of experts in to help me with those things. Um, knowing your numbers, understanding your finances is absolutely essential and a process that you should fall in love with, but it doesn't mean you have to be an absolute expert in it and bringing someone like Laura into your business is going to be a game changer. She's gonna to talk to us about our year end and what that should look like and how to prep for getting ready for our taxes. So grab a cup of coffee, here we go. Hey guys, welcome back to Tribe of Unicorns. I'm your host, Kendra Beavis, and today I have with me Laura Kelly of Tula Books. How are you? Yay, I am doing so good. I'm so excited to be here and excited to see what I can share with your audience today. Yes, I beyond thrilled. Kristen Recupero recommended you. Um, I was talking to her about doing this series and she, I had said, you know, how can we prep our audience for this coming year? We want 2021 to be the most amazing, successful action packed year, um, to make up for <laughs> some of the things in 2020. And she said, you have to talk to Laura. So, um, why don't you tell us a little bit about what you do and um, kind of how you got here? Uh, well, I guess we can go back to the very beginning. So <laughs> I have kind of a unique path to get to the accounting world. Um, I actually, um, I went to a liberal arts school um, about an hour and a half from Pittsburgh. So if anybody's familiar with the area, I went to Allegheny College and um, I really had no idea what I wanted to do. I ended up majoring in Spanish and international studies did not take one business course. Um, and then I got out of school and was like, crap, I don't have a teaching degree. I can't really do anything with this. So I'm going to get a quote unquote office job for a year. Right. So I did that and I got in, I was the office manager. I was getting coffees and, you know, doing calendars and all that kind of fun stuff. Um, but we had an outsourced accountant and they were coming in twice a month with paper checks and it was so like backwards. And so I said to my manager, who was the COO, I was like, hey, look, I was the treasurer of my sorority. Like I had no QuickBooks. Um, is there any way like I can help you guys out? So long story short, I got a three hour training on QuickBooks and I was off and running. And really I learned everything on the job. So I am not a traditionally um, trained, I guess, per se accountant uh, because I, I truly learned everything on the job. And I was 15 years in that field. I went from an office manager all the way up to, I was a VP of finance for, um, you know, a $6 million software company at the end of my full-time career. So I really just learned everything on the job. And I, I would always tell people, you know what, just go to school, get educated, because what you're going to end up doing is probably not what you went to school for. That was definitely my experience. Um, so I just, I've always had a propensity for, you know, automation and numbers and systems and, you know, black and white detailed kind of work. Okay. So the accounting field just kind of like made sense for me. So, so that's what I did in my full-time life. Um, yes. And then about 20 months ago, I had my daughter, my firstborn. <laughs> yeah. So I had decided I had just wrapped up an acquisition of a company and I was just ready to be done. I wanted to take some time. So I took some time off with her and I was off for three months solid. Um, but then I started to take on some consulting gigs and started to help some people independently. 
And that's really where Toolbooks was born. Um, so I really, because I knew I didn't want to go back to work full time for anybody again. And I knew that the skills that I developed over those 15 years could really apply to not just big software companies, but also like really small entrepreneurs and just like, especially women, like just really helping them get clear with their numbers. And, um, you know, because I realized there's just this huge need for understanding, you know, what systems should I be using? And do I even need to invest in an accounting package right now? Or can I wait? Or, you know, all those types of things. And um, so really over the last, I guess, 15 months about is where I've really just kind of grown this business. And now I'm doing it full time from home and I get to work with the types of clients that really light me up now. Um, so I get to pick and choose. It's not, you know, the, the energy, I'm sure as a lot of your audience knows, the energy of being an entrepreneur versus being a full-time employee is just so much more rewarding and exciting. So, so that's where I am today and I'm able to help, you know, really small business owners, female entrepreneurs, get their numbers right and, and get their systems in order. So that's really what I kind of special. That's amazing because so many of us start out sort of like, oh, well, I'm good at this and I'm creative, so I'm going to try and make a business out of it and don't realize that there's this whole other actual business side to it. So you start getting clients and all of a sudden you realize you need contracts and you need um, you know, a whole billing system and you have expenses now and maybe you're hiring freelancers. You know, all of this stuff starts to kind of become your reality. Um, and for a lot of us, <laughs> um, it's completely foreign and, you know, we need the help. So, um, you know, that's why people like you are imperative. And I highly recommend, even if you're just starting out to just have an initial conversation with someone like you, because you really need to make sure that you're set up properly. Um, yes, absolutely. what has been like the worst nightmare case you've seen where it wasn't done well? And they come to you and it's, okay, I can fix this, but you know, you should have, what's been your experience in seeing that kind of thing? Yeah, I think the biggest issue, and this is like my number one thing that I really push people towards when I'm first working with them is, do you have a separate business bank account? And even if you're just a sole proprietor, so even if you don't have like an LLC, mm -hmm. having a separate bank account that you're running just for this business. That's where people normally get into the biggest messes. It's like, it's all commingled with their personal stuff. So then like what we're talking about today is like getting ready for year end. That becomes a total nightmare. You know, yeah. I'm trying to clean that up and look at, you know, it's, it's my personal bank account. Maybe it's my personal savings account, personal credit cards, PayPal. I mean, it's like, it's everywhere. So that would be like my first thing is like, if you can do one thing for your business next year that you haven't done yet, get yourself a business bank account. <laughs> it's just going to make your life so much easier. So yeah, I have helped to kind of clean up those sorts of things because the other thing too, that like, despite even just not being ready for tax time, because that's a whole other beast, but just like cash flow, like how can you really track the money that's coming in and going out when it's commingled with all your other stuff? So right. that's really kind of like, if you take away one tip from this episode, it's get yourself a business bank account and they're really easy to do. And I, you know, I have some recommendations for like some online options if you don't want to do brick and mortar or just go into your brick and mortar bank that you're using personally and just have them set up a separate account for you. It's not, it doesn't take that much time. Yeah. Yeah. I would hundred percent agree. I had, I used to have everything all together and uh, about five yes. years into that, I realized, wow, this is a big problem. <laughs> Cause wow, I, you've lasted five years. That's amazing. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I'm a little slow to conform. <laughs> 
Can you tell me what the process is like starting to work with someone like yourself um, for an uh, entrepreneur? Uh, absolutely. So I think it looks differently depending on where this person is in their business. Mm -hmm. So like you mentioned before, like if this is somebody that's just getting started out and they want to make sure that all their bases are covered, um, that would look a little different. And that would typically be um, where I would walk them through like making a decision on um, do they use an accounting system or not? So this would be like my business setup, you know, package. And they, they vary. So I'm not going to get into particulars on this podcast, but um, we can certainly, you know, if you wanted to talk to me about that afterwards, that'd be great. Um, but um, so that would be walking them through, you know, do they need a system or not? Like, what would that look like? Um, getting them, help getting them set up with a business bank account, like walking them through those types of steps. Do they need an LLC? You know, can I help them actually get that set up? Or do we need to get, you know, maybe more of like a lawyer involved? So there's kind of like all these check marks that we would go through and just like simple systems that you can get set up with on day one um, that really like initially some of them may be a little bit of overkill, but like you're saying over time, like you will be so glad, like your future self is going to look back and say, thank goodness I had this set up because now I'm, you know, 12 months into my business and I'm booming. And so now I'm really glad I had these systems. Right. So that would be one, one area that I could work with somebody. If someone's kind of been around for a while and maybe they have some basic systems set up, but maybe they're struggling with something like cash flow. I hear that all the time. Um, you know, how do I manage my cash flow? Um, you know, I can do like a, an intensive where we would kind of dig into your situation on, on your cash flow and really think about um, you know, budgeting, are you setting aside money for taxes? And actually, Kristen Recupero, who was on another episode of your podcast, um, you know, maybe I'd point them in her direction because she has a fabulous course for walking folks through this kind of thing if they're interested in doing something like a profit first system. Um, so yeah, so that would be kind of more like an intensive where we would just kind of drill into that end of it. Um, or um, another option, again, it's like someone's been around for a while and maybe they're approaching or they're already in like that six figure range. Um, really outsourcing to me as a virtual CFO. So that would be kind of like an ongoing uh, retained arrangement um, where, you know, I would be managing their month-to-month -month bookkeeping. I'd be running financial statements and I would have, you know, financial analysis review sessions with you. And depending on what's going on in your business, it could be monthly or that could be quarterly mm -hmm. um, or even twice a year. So that would be more of like a retained model where I'm actually doing the bookkeeping so, but that's for people who, you know, they've, they've been doing this for a while and they're, they're making the money. Uh, doesn't necessarily make sense for people just starting out, but I kind of have a couple of different options depending on where you are in your business. Yeah. I mean, there's so many different levels of where people could be at. And definitely when you reach that point um, where you have a good amount of cash flow, you have been in the business for a long time. It's so helpful to outsource these types of things because you just don't have time anymore. Um, and you're an expert, <laughs> so you're going to do this a hell of a lot better than, you know, somebody trying to cobble together, um, a system. So I've yeah, over, absolutely. I've been in business for 20 years and I cannot stress enough how important it is to bring in experts for things that are so important and your money, your contracts, your legal setup, all of these things are things that we need to as creative entrepreneurs spend a little bit of money because it will 100% set you up so that you're 
not just the worst, the worst thing that I've experienced is being at the end of the year, not knowing what my expenses are, not knowing, you know, not set up properly for paying my, um, freelancers or getting those 1099s together. Um, so bringing in experts, I cannot stress it enough, spend the time, spend the money. It is so worth it. Can you tell us a little bit about end of year? What should we be thinking about looking at? Yes. It's kind of an intimidating time because you're like, oh crap, I haven't been paying attention to my finances all year. And here I am, you know, we're recording this podcast on December 1st. I don't know what day it'll be up, but you know, we're, oh crap, there's 30 days left in the year. You know, how do I get everything in order? Um, So, I mean, I think it looks a couple of different ways. Again, it depends on where you're at financially in your business because if you have something like a QuickBooks already up and running, then it really could just be making sure that you're going in and you're you're going back and reconciling all of your monthly bank statements, you know, right. just making sure so that way you're ensuring that all of your business transactions are in the system. Um, however, I understand there's probably people listening to this podcast who don't have QuickBooks or they don't have Wave accounting or a, so a similar type of tool. Um, and if that's the case, um, yeah, that looks a little different, right? <laughs> that's going to be where, you know, maybe you've been maintaining a spreadsheet all year. So you want to verify that all the transactions are on that spreadsheet. Or maybe you don't have anything at all. And if that's okay, raise your hand. That's fine. You know, we can help you get through that. Um, but that would be where, you know, you'd have to log into your bank accounts and do, do just like a quick download. A lot of banks, you can do like a CSV export. Mm-hmm. So like an Excel spreadsheet export. If you can do that, so if you're in that bucket, you don't have an accounting system, you haven't been using a spreadsheet, um, that would be number one. I'd go to your bank, see what kind of downloads can you get. If, it, if it's just a PDF, okay, we'll take it. But an Excel version would be best because then you can go through, if it is a, a personal business commingling, again, that's fine. These are all things we can solve. Um, but I think you'll just realize that for next year, you want to make a change. <laughs> yeah. um, but it's, it's just downloading those transactions and then starting to go through line by line and saying, is this business? Was this personal? And just create a simple category for it. Um, something that's going to make sense. So let's say it was a meal or let's say it was a travel expense or it was a software expense or something like that. Um, or like, of course, your contractors, like you mentioned, like you mm-hmm. want to definitely star those because those are going to go into your business. Um, the number one thing is you just want to make sure that you're capturing all of your transactions. So you just have to think, where are they living today? Are they across five different bank accounts? Um, are they all in QuickBooks? Do I, I want to make sure that they're all in there. Um, so that's just the first thing is like, have I captured everything? Right. Um, and then once you answer that question, then you can kind of go from there. And there's some things that you can think about that maybe aren't in your bank account. So, but yeah, that's my, my number one thing is just, do you have the transactions? What format are they in? And can mm-hmm. you start to organize them? Because when you go to your tax person or if you're doing your taxes yourself, like you're going to need to know what buckets to put those dollars, you know, so you just yeah. categorizing them as best as possible. What about outstanding invoices before the end of the year? How do you encourage your clients to clear, clear those up? Does it matter? How does that rollover? Yeah. So, um, most people now I, uh, let me just preface this. I myself am not a tax accountant. So anything that I'm talking about specifically with taxes, 
you're going to want to verify this with your tax account. <laughs> um, but I would say most folks, um, depending on your situation, you're probably filing your taxes on what's called a cash basis. There's cash accounting and then there's what's called accrual accounting. And accrual accounting would be taking into consideration kind of like what you're saying, where you may have an invoice sitting out there that hasn't been paid. Um, either it's a client invoice they haven't paid you, or maybe it's a vendor invoice that you haven't paid yet, but you have it on your book. Um, but let's just assume you're doing cash accounting, because I'm going to say probably the majority of people in this call, they're going to be doing yeah. uh, on cash basis. So if that's the case, then um, yeah, maybe you have some outstanding um, client invoices that haven't been paid. But that doesn't matter for this because you're only tracking things that have come in in cash, things that you have received in your bank account um, or things that you've actually paid out of your bank. That's why starting with the bank accounts, like I said before, like that's just really, that's your first step because that's gonna encompass everything. So you may have like $10,000 worth of client invoices that haven't been paid, but you don't actually have to pay tax on that until you've actually received them. So you don't really need to, worry necessarily for from a tax perspective right about those so. so what about step number two so if you're saying number one you have to make sure that you're capturing everything mm -hmm. number two is what number two would be to think about anything that maybe happened outside of your uh, bank account so a couple examples of this might be now i know this year is a little unique with covid and not being able to travel as much but you may still have had some mileage um, so you may still have traveled to client sites um, this year, you know, maybe earlier in the year, or maybe after some of the restrictions were lifted. Um, so anything like mileage and things like that, you're not necessarily, you're not going to see that as a hard expense because you're just going to be tracking your miles and then you're going to get, um, you're going to be able to deduct whatever the, the government rate is, which I don't remember what it is off the top of my head, but again, confirm that with your tax account because it changes every year. So if I said it, it probably would be the wrong one. Um, but yeah, so mileage is one thing. Um, another thing to think about for tax time too, and maybe a lot of people might be in this boat this year, is your home office. You know, that's not, again, not like a hard expense that you're going to have flowing through your business necessarily. Um, and there's a couple different methods. And again, your tax accountant is going to help you determine which one is the most advantageous for you from a deduction perspective. Um, but you can deduct um, either your actual expenses, which again, your accountant can walk you through that. Or there is this simplified method that they have out there where you basically just kind of take the square footage of your home office times just like a flat dollar amount. And then there's caps involved with that. So again, you want to run the numbers with your accountant and make sure you're getting the right thing. But, uh, but that's another thing to think about with, um, you know, something that wouldn't be necessarily in your bank account. Um, another thing, of course, any cash payments that you might have made. So maybe you made a charitable deduction or a charitable donation, I should say, in cash. Um, or, or something like that. So think, get your wheels turning about things like that, that maybe again, wouldn't flow through your account. Um, and then another place for people to look and you know, another recommendation I would make going forward is not to use this platform, but it's real and it's called Venmo. And people are using it. I was gonna ask you about Venmo. <laughs> Cause it's sort yes. of the wild west. It totally is. It's a complete commingling of everything. It's a dumpster fire. Let's just be honest. Yeah. And also, um, technically, you're not supposed to be using it for business. So if you're paying a contractor through there, or someone's paying you, you honestly get, shouldn't be doing that. So I would say next year, stop using Venmo and figure out some sort of other platform where you can pay people and they can pay you. Yeah. It's above board. It's meant for business. 
Um, but again, let's be real. It probably happened this year because I feel like this year was like the year when Venmo became a thing. Yeah. So, um, so that's something to think about too. Like, and, and Venmo, I do know, um, I know it's an app on your phone, but you can log in online. I've actually personally done this. You can go like in a web browser and log in with your credentials and, and you can do a download there too. And you can get those into Excel format. Cause I, I did that for a client. Um, and you can see all the ins and outs and probably going to have to figure out which one was business or not. Um, but that's yeah. something you, you want to kind of get out the highlighter. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. A highlighter is going to be your friend for all of these actually. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. So those are kind of like my next step in verifying. Again, you want to verify the completeness of your data. Right. Am I capturing everything that's either an income to you or an expense going out? Um, yeah, so that's kind of step number two. And then I think maybe like 2A um, would be, we kind of talked about this already, but categorizing everything. Again, if you're not using a QuickBooks, um, you want to go through and, and assign, again, keep it super simple, um, but just come up with some general categories that make sense, that will make sense for someone else, like your accountant, that you're just going to pass it on to. Mm -hmm. um, something that, you know, it would make them not ask you a ton of questions, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so if you keep it more vague, they're probably going to dig more into that. But, right. um, but yeah, so just getting the completeness of the transactions and categorizing them. That's your number one job. So I think this is something that could definitely be knocked out in an afternoon. Mm -hmm. Even if you haven't really done much of anything, it's just taking that time, sitting down, logging into all your accounts, exporting all the data, and then just start to go through and you said a virtual highlighter or if you're a paper and pen gal I get it go for it whatever's yeah. going to work for you and you know I've seen accountants make recommendations literally of going through and writing line by line and then manually tallying them but hey if that works for you that's go for it you know whatever's going to make you feel the most comfortable yeah I've done it <laughs> back in the day, me and my highlighter, <laughs> you know, the pain, <laughs> thank God I don't anymore. Yeah. Yes. Um, and how, what would we, what's our third step then? So I guess, so that would really, the steps that we just talked about would really kind of get you to a place where you'd be able to deliver this information to your tax. Okay. Um, Cause really at the end of the day, what they're looking for is your total income, and your total expenses and they'll take the income number minus the expenses and they'll get to your net income and that's going to be your what's considered your taxable income so again if you've thought through all that process and you know it's complete and it's it's bucketized i like using that word i don't think it's a real word but you put it into buckets and you can deliver it to them so that's you know step one when you're really preparing for your so all of those things really encompass the first portion Mm -hmm. Another portion, though, that you do need to think about as a business owner or, you know, even a sole proprietor, like you mentioned, if you are hiring contractors, if you've hired anybody throughout the year um, that have provided services for your business and they're not an employee, this is where the 1099s come in. I'm sure this term has been thrown around. A lot of people, you know, have heard about this, but maybe just don't understand what their responsibility is. So let's break it down in two different ways. There's... Um, being on the receiving end of a 1099, so receiving a 1099, or you have a responsibility if you're the business owner to potentially send out 1099. So, so basically what this form is doing is it's making sure that it's capturing um, any non-employee compensation. So let's say you're a freelancer 
um, and you're doing work for, let's say you're working for a corporation um, and they're kind of subcontracting you out to do work for them. Um, if, you, if you have earned more than $600 from this company, um, they're going to be sending you, or they should be sending you, <laughs> if you don't receive one, that raises a red flag, but you should be receiving a form from them, which is, it's a super simple form. It's got, it's gonna have your name on it, your address, your social security number, and then the amount that they paid you. Because what you need to do when you receive that form um, as a freelancer, you, you're probably gonna have a handful of these. You're probably doing work for a couple different you know, clients. Right. Um, so you, you'll receive a handful of these um, and then you need to compile all of those. And then when you go to report your taxes, there is a, a nice little box that says it's gonna um, compile, you know, if you had W-2 income, but also if you have these 1099 income, that's where you're gonna report that. And then they're gonna assess tax on that. Um, so yeah, so most likely when you first started doing work for this client, they probably asked you to fill out a W-9 form, which is basically giving them your name, your address and your social security number. Or if you're an LLC, it would be your EIN number, your employer identification number. Um, but <laughs> like you said, Kendra, you know, sometimes people are like, they receive this and they're like, oh crap, does this mean I owe tax on this? And the answer is yes, yes, you owe tax on this. <laughs> yep. so, um, so I think that's something more future looking and maybe another episode of this podcast, but yeah. if you're receiving income, you should be earmarking you know, a chunk of this and putting it into a separate bank account and just forget about it because you're going to owe tax on it. Um, so that would be at the end of the year and you would get these, the deadline um, for the companies to file them is by January 31st. So if they file them on the 31st and if it's a snail mail kind of situation, you would get it, you know, probably a handful of business days later. A lot of companies now though are moving to electronic delivery. So you're probably going to get it over email. Um, but, but yeah, so just expect to start to see some of these probably first week of February. So on the flip side of it, so let's say you're, you know, a single member LLC and you have contracted out people. So maybe let's use me. Let's use me as an example, okay? I'm an accountant. I am not a graphic designer, okay? <laughs> I did launch my website this year, so I had expenses for a graphic designer to help me build my site. Um, now, I know a lot of your audience is probably flipped. <laughs> you know, they're probably graphic designers paying accountants. <laughs> um, but we'll just use this as an example. So, so for my graphic designer, you know, I paid her more than $600 this year. So I'm going to send her a 1099 form, which is basically saying how much money I paid her. And then she can then report that on her taxes. Right. So, um, so, so for, to figure out, you know, who you might owe, basically, again, anybody who's, any individual that's providing you um, services in excess of $600 throughout the year. Um, so if you paid somebody, maybe only 200 bucks, maybe you hired a VA and they did a couple things for you and they were under 600, you don't have to send them anything. Right. But I always recommend when you're hiring somebody at the very start, send them that W-9 form and you can definitely, that. yeah, just, just to be safe, because maybe you will hire them again and again and again, and it will go over 600. You just right, don't right. So having that information back from them is crucial. And you can just go to um, irs.gov and then in the search bar, just type in W-9 and mm -hmm. download the PDF form, the blank one. And that's going to be what you would need to send. So yeah, so, and again, the 1099 form, it sounds really scary, but it's just very basic information. So, um, and a lot of times if you're using QuickBooks Online, there is a way you can actually do it yourself through QuickBooks Online. Or if you can hire somebody like me, probably for a relatively low cost, depending on how many you have. 
could file them for you, or maybe your tax accountant does those sorts of things. Uh, but just something to definitely think about is like when you're going through and you're categorizing all of your stuff and you're saying, oh, I paid Susie Smith to help me, you know, with my website, then, okay, we got to think about this and how can we get that form? Yeah. 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 I, I second that. Make sure you give those W9s out at the start of the relationship. Yeah, exactly. And then, cause then you're not, you know, scrambling in December mm-hmm. or January, <laughs> let's face it. <laughs> January um, 9th. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Try and get that stuff done. Uh, one so, more thing. I yeah, yeah, yeah. One more thing about the 1099. So, um, the, so the 1099s go out for people that you paid in cash or cash equivalent. So cash check or an ACH. If you process a payment to them through any kind of third-party platform, um, like a PayPal mm-hmm. um, or, or a credit card, because let's face it, again, a lot of people are probably invoicing you and giving you the option to pay them with a credit card. Right. Um, you actually do not have to send a 1099. So that's maybe a little known fact. If, if you're sending somebody payment through a credit card or PayPal, you actually are not required to do a 1099 for them because there's a won't go into it. There's a whole separate form that the credit card processors actually send to those people. Um, so you really don't have to worry about that. So oh, that's so interesting. Maybe, so maybe a short list, you know, if mm-hmm. maybe you're, again, you're a pen and paper gal, you like to send checks to your contractors. That's the case. You will owe them that ten and nine, but if you're doing everything with credit card, um, you really don't even have to worry about it too much. So that's again, interesting. I didn't your, know that. Talk to your accountant. Um, but, but that's, yeah. So something to think about. So anyways, go ahead. <laughs> so how, um, I know you have a program. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about that and how we can connect with you and start our year clean and fresh. <laughs> That's right. So, um, so this year in particular with 2020, just being as crazy as it is, I do understand that a lot of people probably you know, their accounting has been very last on their priority list. So I really wanted to open up this program and think about how I could help folks like a lot of your listeners who just hasn't been a priority this year. I am taking on um, new clients through this year end offering. I typically wouldn't do this. I typically would want to have already established a relationship with a client before kind of helping them out with year end. But this year I have this special offering. It's called the Clarity Consultation, <laughs> the 2020 Clarity Consultation. And um, I'm inviting folks to have a 90-minute consultation with me where we will go through in-depth. We'll talk through all the things we talked about on this podcast, but specific to your business. And we'll just really dive into, you know, where are all of your transactions? Are they categorized? Do you need to send out 1099? All of these things. And really help guide you through this whole process so that by the end of that 90-minute call, you'll have a custom checklist for all of your next steps. Uh, we'll have a documented list of, you know, where you're at with everything and what you still need to do. Um, so you can walk away from that, you know, breathing a nice sigh of relief that, okay, I've looked at my numbers, <laughs> right? And I kind of understand the lay of the land um, so that we can make this 2021 tax time just a breeze for you. Um, so yeah, so I'm inviting folks for, for $497. Um, they can get this consultation with me and to really leave that with, you um, just a ton of clarity and confidence and then your custom roadmap forward on how you can get this. I'm sure there would, that's going to be such a huge help for so many people this year, because like you said, it's, it's, you know, accounting or bookkeeping has definitely been probably put on the back burner for a lot of people. So 
I will link um, the all your links and a link to this program in the show notes so everyone has access. And your website is tulabooks.co. Um, yes, that's right. The fancy.co, not .com. Yes. <laughs> I feel like I'm on the cutting edge of technology here. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. Um, so people can find you there. And like I said, I'll have all your links in our show notes too. But uh, thank you so much for coming on and talking about this is such like a, you know, being a creative entrepreneur is so much fun. And then there's this other side of it that is sometimes like super scary and something we don't want to talk about. So having someone like you come in and really demystify a lot of it and makes at least me feel (laughs) that, um, you know, it's not so scary and it's important. And it's another part of our business that we really need to fall in love with because it's our bread and butter. Yeah. And you know what, I can totally relate to that in terms of being a business owner and having to take on things that I've never had to do before. Like, you know, of course for me, the numbers it's, it's part of, is what I do. So that's not like my growth edge. But my growth edge is really, you know, when it comes to the creative side of my business and, you know, writing emails to my subscribers and like launching a website and all that kind of a thing. So I get it. Like I've had to really stretch, you know, over this last you know, year and a half to think about, you know, all the things that I never had to do when I was a full-time employee. So, and I am, you know, I'm a huge proponent of outsourcing, you yes. know, and just getting the right team in place. So if you're ready to do that with your numbers, you know, let's chat because that's my passion. So I'd much rather take that off your plate and allow you to go out into the world and just do what lights you up and not what makes you super stressed out. <laughs> you know? So important. And it, 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 it's something I've discovered myself over the last couple of years is just having this team of amazing people that do what they do best to support your business is a non-negotiable. So well, thank you yeah. so much, Laura. Um, oh, thank you, Kendra. Definitely have you back on because I have so many questions um, and I think we could do a lot of really cool episodes. I would love that. Awesome. awesome. Well, thank you so much. I can't wait. And yeah, check out the link to that special program for all of you listeners. Um, I would love to talk to you and get you confident for tax time. Uh, awesome. Well, thank you so much. Laura, thank you for coming on the episode. And guys, go to tulabooks.com. I cannot stress this enough. I know as creative entrepreneurs, a lot of times the financial end of running the business is not our most fun, exciting thing to do, but it's so essential. And bringing in people like Laura, it's going to change your business, make all of this less stressful. I can't tell you how many years in a row I would get to tax time and just be pulling my hair out because I had so many different pieces of paper, too many systems that weren't really working well. Somebody like Laura is going to help you streamline, tell you exactly what you need to get ready and make you familiar with your numbers. Tax time doesn't have to be a pulling your hair out type of situation. I promise you bringing in people like Laura is going to help you enjoy being a business owner a lot more. Guys, I hope this series is bringing you a lot of value. I will be back again tomorrow with another episode. I hope you are having a beautiful holiday and I'll talk to you soon.